Andy. How's it going? What's up, dude? Uh, thanks for chatting today, man. Yeah, anytime. Glad to talk with you. It'll be fun. Uh, look at you kicking ass, landing placements, kicking more ass. Um, well, so real quick, uh, we're going to listen to your track uh, that you just landed. Um, but... Uh, I want to kind of go through your entire story and everything. Um, before we were chatting today, you talked about being a session musician in Nashville, which mm -hmm. is fucking sick. I, I've done session work like my whole life. So I definitely know the hustle and the fulfillment of doing that. So it's, it's really great. Um, but yeah, man, uh, let's start out. Like, where, where are you from? I already said, but where are you from? Yeah. And yeah, everything, man. Uh, well, so yeah, you said I live in Nashville now, which I've lived here last like almost nine years. Um, okay. originally from outside of Philadelphia. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, cool. So yeah, I was born there. Um, you know, went through up through high school there, then went to college in uh, Maryland at Towson University. So oh, like just good school. Okay, great. And then yeah, right after I graduated there, moved here. Um, and then now yeah, Nashville just kind of is home now to me. Nice. Um, Did you go to school for music, or you went for something else? Uh, no, I studied audio production, which okay. included like um, it did include some like music recording, but also like sound for television and film, like fully very work, cool like, sound for student projects and stuff like that. But but really, I wanted to play music and do some kind of music, and just figured I would instead of studying music or jazz or classical or anything, just felt like I would get a lot out of just the recording side of things, which now comes in handy because I mean, especially in Nashville, everybody, if you're a session musician or whatever it is, everyone has some kind of home rig or whatever. So, right. Well, I think the, the very powerful thing about learning how to produce or record yourself is like, you ultimately just have more control over your career. You know, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're writing, that's awesome. But, um, you know, until you can actually like produce yourself, you're going to be dependent on somebody else working on your record, their revisions, what they think is going to sound good. It's just, if you learn the skill yourself, you have so much more control over it. And, you know, just being in production, like you learn the business of it. I feel like so much quicker, man. Yeah. Like being able to use like a, like a DAW Pro Tools or whatever it is, it, it's almost like another instrument in itself. So like if you right. already play instruments like that, it's, you know, naturally just going to be another tool for you to use to That's create. That's how I always looked at it. Um, yeah. So was the plan always to move to Nashville or did you kind of just have like uh, a fucking moment where you're like, I'm going? <laughs> um, I had some friends of mine. I had a buddy who went to Vanderbilt for undergrad. Okay, um, who, cool. Who I was in a band with through, all throughout high school. And uh, I would go visit him in the summer. Like he would stay and have internships. And so I'd like stay with him and, and stuff just to hang out. And um, I just kind of thought it was cool. And um, yeah. as I was kind of getting ready to graduate, I was like, well, maybe I do want to kind of either work in a studio or whatever, be an engineer, or really what I want to do is play, you know? Um, yeah. I was like, well, I can't, I, th I think that the only place to really do that, like sustainably like gig and, and like making, you know, living from like playing music is, is like move to Nashville and meet people. So I did. And I kind of based on kind of my, my buddy liked it. So, um, and I had spent some time here. So I figured, I'm just gonna move down here and, and see what happens and nice. What it, you know? what's your what would you say your primary instrument is? Uh, the steel guitar. You can kind of see oh, it. Oh, what? Yeah, so pretty much. Um, oh, that's I, dope. I'm kind of I do kind of a lot of the, like utility sort of stuff, but steel guitar is kind of my primary thing um, now. But I really? do a lot of like wow. acoustic guitar and banjo and like um, mandolin on sessions and stuff like that. I'm kind of like the catch-all guy, but. Typically, if I'm only playing like one thing on a session, it's usually steel. That's kind of kind of my main thing, I guess. Whoa, yeah. that's sick. So what, 
you know, uh, a lot of people may not be as familiar with steel guitar. So what, what would you say the primary uh, differentiation of being a working musician for uh, that instrumentation would be differently than just, you know, strictly acoustic or electric or um, what have you? You know, I think it's it's kind of a niche instrument where like, I mean, in Nashville, it's not uncommon or anything, but it's... Yeah. it's Is this pedal like, steel or like just straight up steel pedal, guitar? Well, um, like pedal steel. Like, okay, um, cool, cool, cool. Or, or like, I guess the the umbrella term for steel guitar could be anything from like a lap steel or anything right play, right right anything that's played with like a steel bar like this so perfect it's like, okay cool uh, and the, the pedal still kind of is like the table looking sort of thing and um it, so uh, it, dope it, dude oh my god yeah and there's no frets so it's just that you slide yeah. you know guitar across the strings See, you, and strings you know it's a little different you know what you know what's interesting is like here's the funny thing is like um i'm all for like remote first like i live in charlotte by way of new mm. york i've moved around a bunch and i do think you can absolutely do whatever you want to full-time from wherever in the world you know in this day and age that being said you know for pedal steel or steel guitar there is a huge concentration in Nashville because it's just so popular in country music. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and just one of my, music yeah. is such a tight knit community. Like it, you know, to get, to get a lot of the session work in, in country is, yeah. is a lot of just being here and just kind of being in that community and, and, you know, uh, word of mouth connections do you, really. So. Do you know Johnny Fung by any chance? I know the name. I don't okay. think I, he's I a really, was, he's a really yeah, good friend of mine. I used to, yeah, oh, cool. he was like he was like one of my mentors here in Charlotte. He ended up moving to Nashville with his wife a few nice. years ago. Um, awesome. But he uh, got really into uh, lap steel, pedal steel, oh, and nice. um, I think he's on a Keith Urban with, nice. with on that. Oh, so that's that's sick, man. Uh, it's I've always I love like the accessory, uh, you know, specialist instrumentation. Like it's yeah. so cool because you really just like glue the entire record together as a producer. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I like just kind of adding whatever's needed and kind of shifting around in, in different chairs of, of the session and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so when, when you first moved out there, you know, how was networking? You said you, you knew some people, your buddy went to Vanderbilt, but you know, yeah. um, I'm assuming you didn't know everybody. So how was that? No. What was that like? And my buddy who went to Vanderbilt, left for undergrad out in California. So he, he didn't, wasn't planning on staying here. So it's just, I didn't Got know it. anybody. Um, we'd just go out and kind of network at like bars and different like songwriter rounds and stuff and just started meeting people. Um, eventually got some some work playing like live in town and then also doing some like road stuff just like cover band just like playing bars and going in a minivan yeah, yeah. and going to do the that kind of stuff and um so what what was your what was your kind of like technique to to get you know tight with a bunch of people because in music you know you, you need a vouch right like somebody has yeah. to vouch for you so mm -hmm. you know were you taking people out to coffee taking them out for drinks that's kind of always been my move it's like oh, free coffee on me yeah um i don't know if i was really taking people out or anything but just like you know going and and um you know meeting someone maybe at a at a bar or something and and saying hey you know i play this i'm new if you ever need a sub or some last minute thing i'm probably available and and then once something like that happens like on a gig that you know the bass player is like hey you do this okay <laughs> i have something next week where the, you might be good you're you're available right like you're just new and and just kind of one thing leads to another like that but no real technique other than just kind of being yourself and making like genuine relationships and yeah yeah. And just like understanding that it's sort of a slow process. You can't um, really beat that. You know, you, you can't beat just like people trusting you, you know, and that just yeah. takes time, you know, in any yeah. music industry specifically, but really anywhere. It's just, you know, you being able to follow through on what you say you can do. And that's that's a hard thing in, in music because music is so subjective. Who can say if you did a good um, or bad job? It's, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it just has to, it has a lot to do with like how you get along, how you relate to other people 
people in the band or the session, yeah. whatever it is, like, just like your personality and, and just understanding how to read the room and, and understanding how to read body language and different things like that. I, just having good social skills and things like that. Yeah. What, one of my buddies, I was on the phone with him last night. They just got off a European tour and um, they had a sub drummer and a sub guitarist or bit sorry my dog's barking in the background if you know oh, um i'm having a water bottle i just ordered a water bottle from amazon so i'm very excited oh. about that. <laughs> um but anyways so my buddy uh was just on this european tour as an opener um mm. and they had a replacement drummer like a sub drummer and a sub ba bassist or guitarist i'm not sure i forgot but anyways um it was a really really good time but he told me the lead singer of the headliner uh you know came up to him you know towards uh, I guess maybe after one of the first shows and was just like, Hey, we really like these guys. Like we've, we've played with you before. And like, we, we love the people you had, you know, but these guys are, they're really great. Like it's, we're vibing. Like this is a good, this is a good tour. So right. uh, yeah, I guarantee they're going to be on the next leg, you know, like yeah, that it's, it's, you know, even if you just play a real, um, it's like dating, it's like, you could yep. be, you could be healthy, you could, you know, not say any bad words. Like you could be great yeah. to your parents, but if you if you just don't vibe, if you don't connect, you're yeah. not going to get a second date. You know, totally. Then and again, who's not... meeting parents on the first date? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for the guys they were subbing for, it's not necessarily even anything personal. Just like when it's something works, it's like, hey, let's yep. do this. And so I, um, I'd say like yeah. having a really good because everyone talks about like IQ, but like having a good EQ, like an emotional intelligence in music. Mm -hmm is that to me that is like the biggest strength you can have is just being able to feel out the room you know totally, yeah in, in sessions especially that's just like oh so my much God. is studio etiquette bro yeah in nashville i mean you're typically tracking with a full band like you know six or yeah. five six guys in the band the producer the artist whoever else is there and it's just a lot about like reading like well who's kind of calling the shots today and where's my role right. in this just kind of understanding whether it's my time to kind of suggest an idea or stay back or whatever. So there's just yeah. a lot of that dynamic that's in play. That you always have to be appropriate to the mood and like, especially with, um, studio etiquette. I mean, it's just a matter of like, you know, making sure that everyone is in a good position to do what they need to do. So you don't run up right. studio costs. Like, bro, I, I worked at the studio years ago. It's probably a decade ago. And, um, I got hired on a gig as a session drummer. That was my primary means of income. And, um, the producer like definitely wanted his own drummer in there, but I guess like the, or not the producer, the studio owner wanted his own drummer in there, but the producer wanted me. And so the studio drummer, or excuse me, the owner started like shit talking, like in the, in the session and it just like ruined the mood. And it just so happened that like I was doing my takes that day. Yeah. And so like, it didn't end up panic. Like there were gr all the drums were being replaced anyways with samples, you know, it's like right. they weren't using the actual, you know what I'm saying? But sure. it's like, you can just change the mood and like the gig cannot pan out for you. And it's like, so you just have to be on everybody's good side. Yeah, so. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that sucks. <laughs> that's someone, uh, that, dude, that, that was the only time it happened every other time. Like session drumming is in fucking phenomenal. Like I love it. That was just like the one time, but of course I'm going to harbor on it. <laughs> yeah. But it's all about the mood anyway. So, um, started doing a lot of session work. Um, yeah. And so started kind of building your name around town and you're doing this, you know, mm -hmm. full time. Um, and so you yeah. started gravitating into sync or how, well, how has that kind of transition been made? And, you know, I'm assuming you tour, like you do a bunch of yeah, stuff. So. so the, um, yes. So 
backing up a little bit, I, so I moved here, started meeting people, eventually landed a gig touring with like a pretty well-known country artist um, by the name of Drive Party. So okay, um, cool. We did, I did some touring like probably for about four years, like all the late shows, all like the, you know, we did like arenas and stuff like that. And um, That's it, was, dope, it, was, dude. it was a great vibe. And yeah, it was something just uh, kind of a natural first step for someone here. You typically don't go right into just doing studio stuff and playing on records. Um, so I right. did that, doing that and, and loving it. And and then also during the week, like we'd go out on weekends typically how country is. And then during the week, I'd come back and do as much session stuff as I can um, and just try to keep up contacts like that. And um after about four years, I was kind of, I knew the goal was always to, to be like a studio musician and, and mm -hmm. just made the conscious effort to, to, to quit that, that gig and, and just do studio stuff full time and just be more available for stuff. It was right. getting to the point where I was turning down different things and, and knew that, you know, I kind of wanted to be home more first. I mean, I'm married and right. um, so knew I kind of want to end it up, you know, living kind of in town and, and playing so, on records full time. So, so you, you would say kind of transitioning to primarily session work was a lifestyle decision. Yeah, a lifestyle decision, and just I think I just like the creative process a little yeah. bit more of like putting together a song rather than playing the same ten songs over and over for a couple years at a time, and, and just it's more music for me. I kind of like the the puzzle of like figuring out what how a how a track yeah. comes together and just well, I I think like what's very common, you know, growing up, you know, wanting to pursue music, I think people project what they think your dream should be, and what's very often is. You need to be on these big tours. You need to be this massive rock star, blah, blah, blah. And that lifestyle doesn't, you know, I, you can't, um, I don't think you have the ability to like shit talk until you actually like do something like that where you're actually like part of something, you know, yeah. it's okay. My dog is barking too, Yeah, but I, like, I, <laughs> you good. but yeah, but like the, the thing is, is that when you kind of move in that direction, you, you can decide whether or not that that direction is healthy for you or not. And I think most people get to that position and they think like, oh, you know, I'm not really enjoying this. Like I'm really stressed out, but this is supposed to be what I want. So they just stay there and then that can kind of become healthy. So I, I think it's really cool that you got those opportunities. You did it. You said you could do it. And you realized, right. hey, this isn't like really a great match. Right. So I'm going to transition to primarily session. Yeah, I think even going into it, I was like, you know, I, I do want to just, you know, I do want to tour for a while, but I knew I didn't want to tour for like 30 years or something, you know, um, right. just kind of something in my 20s, essentially for, you know, the better part of like four years. That was a great experience. And, um, but yeah, then I kind of made the, the shift to just go, hey, I want to stay in town and just try to, you know, do this you know, session thing as my full time gig. And that was That's awesome. About three, a little over three years ago. So, um, so as a yeah. as a session musician, what would you say like your average week kind of looks like, you know, work wise? Like, you yeah, know, it can it can kind of go in and out, but I, I feel like it grows over time where it just becomes very consistent where it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm to the point now where I'm probably doing like anywhere from like, you know, five to like 14 sessions a week. It can be really busy. Um, awesome, dude. That's it, amazing. That's like full band, go somewhere to a studio, do a three hour, you know, Nashville session, whatever other with the other band. So I do that. Yeah. On a, on a real busy week. It it can be like yeah 12 to 14 like multiple like three sessions a day essentially um, awesome man but then and then like if there's a you know maybe one day i'll have a 10 to 1 session and then in the afternoon i'll have a couple tracks here that people have sent me because i do a lot of overdubbing from my studio even just for people in town just say hey can you throw some steel on this can you throw some banjo on this track and so I do a lot of tracking from home too. Um, and then that's awesome, man. And then when I, so that how I got into the sync thing from like when yeah. I got off the road and, and wanted to be here full time, I would 
have sessions and stuff and, and just kind of was piecing things together and get more busy. But when I had like a morning or even a day off, I'd kind of look into making some tracks just for, I didn't really know for what, but um, just kind of producing just sort of instrumental track, mostly acoustic bass stuff, kind of folky things. And eventually kind of found the avenue for actually found that pitch for kind of pursuing that as, uh, as like, you know, saying, Hey, I, I have this morning off. I'm going to try to create two tracks here to pitch. Yeah. That's going to be my session for this morning, you know, that's dope. Um, and just it became as like a kind of a filler of like, what can I do here to kind of, you know, pr one practice recording and engineering myself and just right. getting quick and, and just, you know, getting better composition skills and different, you know, what, what works in a track, you know, in terms of other instruments and stuff like that. And, and it became sort of a thing that I really liked doing. So, um, you know, that's kind of into the sync thing. Yeah. And the thing is like sync, you know, sync, I think is like the overall term, but I, I you know, of just like getting songs under underneath the film, right? That's the ultimate, like how it's going to use. But at the end of the day, it's how can I put music that I create into a position where it just becomes an asset and it starts accruing the, you know, royalty checks over time. Um, I know, I don't know if this was for you, but I know, you know, my days of primarily session drumming that like me getting a point or a couple percent on the track was just like not going to be a thing. It was, it was always like paid work. This is what you're doing. Um, you know, it's these hours, blah, blah, blah. I had a couple records that I was able to get, like, I forgot what it was, but like a couple points in, in, uh, publishing, but it was very, very rare. Um, so I think it's, it, I, and again, I don't know if it's, it's the same for you, but, um, what I think is like really important when approaching a music career is like, okay, I have my right now, my, my money that I'm making right now. And then I have like what I'm building over a long period of time. And what people do is they, they start with the long time thing. They start with, I need to get signed. I need to, you know, you know, uh, get a bunch of royalties coming in and then I've made it, but you, you need the short term as well. Like you need both because the long term is not going to play out until, I mean, it could, I mean, it could be three months to be honest, but like, <laughs> but like over a long period of time, you just build a catalog that's making you money. And you're still also making short-term revenue. And mm -hmm. the, the golden ticket for a very, very stress-free life, in my opinion, is by making sure that you're accommodating both of those, the short-term and the long-term uh, sort of money, you know? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I, definitely one of the, the pluses of, of getting into, to, you know, creating songs for sync licensing was, was to kind of slowly start building that sort of like passive type of income, yep. um, you know, and, and then short-term too, as sometimes with the upfront, you know, fees and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, it's, the catalog, yeah. it's crazy. Like I was just on the call with, um, a member in Hawaii and, you know, he was saying like, he got like close to 10 K this past quarter, just in royalties. And like, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, cause that's going directly to his BMI. So like, I didn't know personally, cause that, portion right, right. did not go directly through that pitch and i was like oh sick okay cool you know it's oh, yeah. like, it's 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 cool because it, it grows but also you know short-term payouts you know everyone talks about like the the front upfront payment as the main thing and that can be substantial mm. which is awesome right. um but um, like the but the real g move is like the long-term yeah. yeah, play definitely. just like yeah. Make sure you can retire kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Apart from like when you read like the that pitch, like the briefs and stuff, like the, the fees there are one thing. But yeah, if, if you know, once you get it registered and, and you get a check from BMI, it's like, whoa, I didn't even, yeah. I wasn't even really thinking about this. And you're like, okay, that's kind of the kind of a maybe a, a kind of a more sustainable goal. I've, you know, you give a track away and kind of get this you know, return from it. Right. I've been joking lately that all the songs that you guys upload, it's like they're rental properties or you're flipping a house and I'm like the property yeah. management company. <laughs> yeah, 
we're just managing exactly. it, dude. <laughs> um, it's a good anyway, way to think about it, yeah. Right. Well, anyways, um, you seem to be killing it. So you landed this holiday track, um, mm-hmm. and the holidays are coming up. Right now, we are recording this. It is, what is it, December 13th. So yeah. holidays are coming up real soon. Um, For sure. I think Hanukkah starts this Sunday, but uh, Christmas oh, is always on the 25th. But uh-huh. who knows? We're, we're overlapping this year. So, uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the holiday one was actually like it's a Halloween, I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, really? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's from like, I think from October, maybe September. Oh, um, yeah, because this was a few months back. Okay, yeah, we're just yeah. doing the interview right now, but like yeah. this was okay. That's what you're telling me. Okay, so this was yeah, actually, yeah. this was uh, while one of our clients is building their catalog for. Uh, upcoming Halloween. Um, So this is dope. All right, cool. Um, And also, side note, there are like, when you talk about making money through a, um, through your catalog, there are people who like, I know a dude, all he does is just make Halloween music. Mm -hmm. And you know how like when people are trick or treating, they have like background music playing? Yeah. He makes no money all year in November. He just makes a shitload of cash. Uh, Yeah, exactly. He just, he just has a bunch of Halloween playlists. Like, it's insane. So he'll put put that on Spotify. I think it's coming out with an app. I'm not really sure like when that's being launched, but yeah, like you can have a very niche thing and yeah. there are billions of people out there that will use it. <laughs> you know? So if you anyways, find something that's like a niche thing and something that you yeah. enjoy also, it's there you go. Yeah. Oh my God. It's awesome. Um, anyways. All right. So this track is called, wait a second, actually. I gotta get better at this. I should just like have it readied. Uh, strange visitors. Oh, I love that. That would be, that would be, uh, I guess it could be Christmas, uh, for Santa, but who knows? That's true. <laughs> All right, cool. This is, this is strange visitors, uh, by Andy Ellison. Um, and we are going to listen to it now. Here we go.
<laughs> that's dope. <laughs> um so uh real quick how how did you kind of approach that um i think yeah with a lot of this stuff i kind of just come up with either a chord progression or some kind of like kind of an a b pattern and kind of a verse course idea and and um and kind of once i have that kind of laid out i just kind of think about adding just different things for different parts and and um and then subtracting kind of and just kind of making each sort of section feel a little bit different um I'll typically write on acoustic or some kind of, you know, guitar thing. Um, and then, yeah, just add stuff from there and, uh, yeah, just sort of, you know, kind of keep it moving along and just kind of constantly kind of listen back and, and just kind of think if it, if it needs something here, just what can that be? And just kind of trial and error, really. Yeah. Yep. I like how it builds over time. You kind of just like slowly. That's the thing with like Halloween music or like any sort of frightening sort of stuff. It just needs to build over time. I think like that's the main yeah. thing. Have an A, B, A, B sort of thing, but just like make it harder and harder. And then it just, it stops. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I love um, that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, well, um, a couple of questions I want to ask you before we end our interview today. Uh, something I ask, you know, everybody uh, who joins me on the that page podcast. But, um, first thing, uh, what advice would you give to anybody pursuing music as a career right now? And, uh, also where can people find you online? If you got any pluggables, plug them, you know? Yeah. Um, I think just for anyone pursuing music and that, and that can mean a lot of different things. Um, but I think, well, first of all, we talked about this earlier, but just making genuine relationships. Um, if you live in a city like I do, where there is an industry, you know, going to events like that is, is one thing, but even, even if you are just morally remote, um, there's just different networking things. And I shouldn't even say networking, but just like relationships that you can kind of make and cultivate and, and, you know, know that kind of getting yourself in a community like that is typically how I, from my perspective is how I kind of found work and, hmm. and just, you know, finding people that'll vouch for you and, and just recommend you for stuff or, or whatever is just super important. Um, but as long as those relationships are like genuine and yeah. stuff. So just doing that. And then, you know, I think and it, it, this kind of pertains to sync too, is like make music that you, you know, a, a style of music that you want are good at, but that you, that you enjoy doing, because if, if you're successful at it, you'll get kind of called for that thing more and more. And you don't oh, want to yeah, kind of specialize get, yeah. into a place where like you, okay, now I'm the guy who does this sort of music that I don't really like doing. Yeah. Like Andy's the know, steel, steel guy. Like that's, yeah. Just make it simple. And I do, but I do like steel. So, so it works, but yeah. yeah if, I was the um, indie pop guy. So I get it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great to branch out and, and try different things, but um, yeah, just, you know, if you, there should be passion behind the, the type of music that you're kind of doing and, uh, I think people can kind of sniff that out. So just kind of yeah. authenticity, I think, important when you're kind of creating anything, you know, not awesome. just kind of getting stuff out there to fulfill some sort of request, but it <sighs> right, has to right. be like, you know, this guy's into this or this girl's into this style of music. I can really kind of feel that, you know, hundred um, percent. Yeah. And where, where can people find you online? Uh, mostly I'm, um, I guess the Instagram is just at AC Ellison. Um, I don't post a ton there. Um, but and then there's okay. all, I have a web <laughs> website to uh, Andy Ellison.com. Andy, thank you so much uh, for, you know, joining me on this. Um, and if any of you out there want to reach out to Andy, uh, go to his site or Instagram. Um, thank you so much, dude. And we will talk soon.